Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for each other. And we thank you for the ways that you speak to us. Open our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you. And open our hearts to receive you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we were in Denver over Christmas break at Jennifer's grandparents' house. And I don't know about you when you go to grandparents' house, but sometimes there is just sort of these easy moments where there's not a lot going on and you start wandering around the house and you're looking at pictures on the wall of people who kind of look like people you know, but they were a whole lot younger. And then you get to looking at all kinds of other things. For me, I head straight for the bookshelves. Because I love looking at other people's bookshelves. It's like a window into what they like. So anyway, I'm at Grandpa and Nancy's bookshelf in the living room. Things are kind of quiet around the house. And I get to looking, and there's this real beautiful set of volumes, you know, the the kind you see, they're all the same color, they're all the same size, you know, it's, it looks like you ordered a kit, you know, and it's really what it is. So it's this kit of books. So I get to looking at the kit of books, and as I'm reading through each one, I'm seeing all these names that I recognize, you know, Canterbury Tales, Moby Dick, Little Women. It's like I'm having sophomore English flashbacks. You know, they're just, they're all right there. And then I get to volume 39. And I've never seen anything like it before, but it says, famous prefaces. Oh, I don't recognize that one, so I pull it off the shelf. And I open it up and I look, and sure enough, it says, when you open it up, prefaces and prologues to famous books. Now, this is a fascinating book. You start going down the you know, table of contents, prologue to Virgil, dedication of the Institutes of Christian Religion by John Calvin, Preface to the History of the Reformation of Scotland, Preface to the History of the World. You know, it's like this, this is a fascinating book. And so I read what winds up being my favorite part of this book of prefaces, and it's the preface. <laughs> so I'll give you a second to kind of let that sink in. It is a preface to a book of prefaces. Right? And this was written a long time ago, so pardon all the he, man, that kind of language. This is another place, another time. But get this no part of a book is so intimate as the preface. Here, after the long labor of the work is over, the author descends from his platform and speaks with his reader as man to man, disclosing his hopes and fears, seeking sympathy for his difficulties, 
offering defense or defiance according to his temper against the criticisms which he anticipates. It thus happens that a personality which has been veiled by a formal method throughout many chapters is suddenly seen face to face in the preface. You get this peak. After all the work is said and done, after the glue on the binding is dried, after you take the book home with you, but it still smells new, you open it up and you can hear it crack open. And before you go into all the things that there are to read, all the things there are to imagine, all the images, all these wonderful adventures, occasionally you'll read a preface that says, but first... Let me tell you how we got here. First, let me tell you a little bit about why I find what you are about to read so fascinating. First, let me tell you a little bit about the time and the place where this story is going to take place, because maybe you've never been there. Maybe you've been to Paris. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you've been to Middle Earth. Maybe you haven't. So let me tell you a little bit about what you're about to read. I'm curious if today, this first Sunday of January of this brand new year, if this is our preface, what's to come? The truth is I don't know. None of us know. We have ideas. We have plans. Have you made plans for anything this year? Maybe a trip, maybe a conference, maybe a family vacation. We have all these plans and we have these hopes. Maybe there's graduations. Maybe there's weddings. There's all these things that you have as an idea for 2020 and some of those things are going to happen. A lot of those things that you think are going to happen in a certain way may happen a little bit differently than you imagine them to, but sometimes they can be even better than you imagine. We don't know. We don't know what 2020 is going to happen. So what's going to set up our story for bearing for 2020, this adventure that we are going to go on together as a body of Christ in this little kingdom of heaven outpost that meets in this place. So there's all kinds of prefaces in Scripture. You know, really the big one says something to the effect of, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then the New Testament, at least one of the places in the New Testament, reimagines the preface and says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But the early, early, early people of God, when they said, here's where we start, here's where we start our story, 
This is what they said. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this is what the people of God, at least when they started telling their story over a long period of time, said, this is the first command. Here's the first command. And it's even before the first command. The first command goes something like, love the Lord your God. But there's a command before the first command. And it is, hear. Listen. Hear. Before you can do anything else, before you can accept love the Lord your God, before you can start practicing love the Lord your God, before you can go to what Jesus said later and said the second verse is the same as the first, yeah, love the Lord your God, but love your neighbor as yourself. Before you ever get to those things, here's the first command, hear. Just listen. Be open to what you're about to hear. And you think about it, even Adam and Eve in the garden and all that story, before they could hey, go name the animals, before they could, hey, tend the garden, and by the way, don't eat that tree. Before any of that, first, they had to listen. They had to hear. They had to listen. I've been thinking a lot about some of our history, mainly like history of a lot of the movements that are represented in this place, that started pre-Civil War United States. A lot of people call that the Restoration Movement, Stone Campbell Movement, whatever. A lot of us come out of that kind of origin story around the 1830s that started and wound up with why we have Church of Christ out on the sign out front. But a lot of it started with a father and a son who parted company for a little while. One of them stayed in Scotland. The other came over to the United States and what was really the formation of the United States. And neither one of them was satisfied with what they saw as the way Christianity had become in Scotland in the early 1800s. So one of them winds up in the United States and says, there's got to be a way that we can form a group of people who can all just open Scripture together and start everything over. Well, the other one, back in Scotland, came to the same exact conclusion. Separate from one, and they're father and son, so it's not that big of a stretch, but at the same time, they come to the same conclusion, and they are an ocean apart. Well, when they meet up in the United States, the other one comes over, father, son, Tom and Alex, they're standing there 
face to face, and they have to tell the other, uh, by the way, Dad, I'm not Scotch Presbyterian anymore. And you got to think he was nervous. Tell Dad, I appreciate the way that you raised me, but I, I just can't do it anymore. And I, I imagine that Dad gets one of those, uh, you know, Dad grins on his face. He goes, well, son, guess what? You see, I think in the history of God's people, those stories are probably all over the place. of People who look at what things have become and have thought, sometimes separate, a lot of times they wind up together, and they think, you know, it doesn't have to be this hard. In fact, why can't we, as a group of people, just say, the reason we are here together this morning in this place is because we are committed together as a people to sharing in, sharing with one another the salvation that we experience in Jesus Christ and what else is there? Why, what, what other reason would we come together this morning? other than being committed to sharing that together. You know, tomorrow is Epiphany on the Christian calendar. It's, it's kind of a fancy word of what might be translated an aha. Oh, really? That's what Epiphany is. Epiphany if you didn't have to put it into words, if someone says, well, what is that? You could describe it without words if you didn't even speak the same language like this. You look at the person sitting next to you and you go, <gasps> that's epiphany. It's a realization. Why are we here? What are we doing here this morning? We are here because generation after generation, we have these realizations that Jesus is Lord. And I know that comes with a lot of faith, and that requires a lot of faith on our parts, which is why we're doing it together. You don't have to do this by yourself. But it's about us being committed to faith. There was a preface that was written early on in Christianity that went like this. Early church wrote this in Ephesus. It was kind of written to Ephesus, in Ephesus, about Ephesus, this little church in what now is modern-day Turkey. And it is the longest sentence in the New Testament. It's this beautifully crafted sentence. It's Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, all one sentence. It's all one big long breath. We're going to break it up, but here's how it goes. 
in this, if we had to say, this is the preface to 2020 for our church, this is our story, this is the story that we're going to tell with our lives every week together as a church, this is a good place to start. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of of His grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure that He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven, things on earth, in Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things according to His counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of His glory. In Him, you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of His glory. Everything we need as a church is in this passage. Every truth we could share, every gospel we could live is in this passage. Everything we need, everything we need to be the people of God is right there, black and white. Not just spoken words, not just read words, but words straight from the heart of God. And I believe, and y'all gonna think I'm crazy, it's never bothered me, so it's not gonna bother me now, but I, I believe that the reorientation of the entire Christian world all around the globe is still possible. But here's, here's kind of the hard truth, because we've tried kind of pulling it off on our own without God. And it hadn't really gotten us very far. So this is only possible, this description, with God. 
I have a friend, and this is not, this is not a way of saying it's me. It really is a friend who last year called me, and we had a long conversation because he said, our church right now is half of what we were 10 years ago. And we're, we're panicking. We don't know what to do. And I told him, I said, hmm, well, here's the thing. A lot of churches are facing this in the United States right now. But what do you want? What are you really after? Well, it would be really cool to, during 2020, to get 100 more people. Okay? Is that really what you want? Or is your ultimate goal, we just have to meet the budget? And he said, well, it'd be really nice to meet the budget. I said, well, yeah, all of us feel that way. And the truth of the matter is, I love, 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 love you know, our A-team here at Barry. They do a lot of really good and important work keep us meeting budget, all that, and that's fantastic. But that is a means to us being able together as a church to meet and act on our ultimate mission, why we're here, and why we even have a budget, so that from this place we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ and welcome people into that salvation all the time. All day, every day. But something is standing in our way. We are, right now, as an entire culture, distracted. And so if we are going to say, well, for the year 2020, we as a church are going to commit to listening, because that's, that's 2020, listening. This is, this is going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to do this together as a church. And one of the reasons is that we have a hard time listening now with our ears and with our eyes. And you know why? It's because a lot of us have become, and I just heard this word last week, but I loved it. I heard one person tell another person as they were doing this, you're such a screenager. Screenager. You're such a screenager. Whew, that has teeth. You're such a screenager. And so you probably noticed that from the call to worship to Bridget saying something you probably haven't heard in a long time. You know, well, everyone turn in your songbooks to number. The, prod, the, the projectors didn't break this week. This is on purpose. Uh, welcome to no screen January. <laughs> and we'll be okay. They'll be back in February, I promise. We're not going to go cold turkey. But what if for a month, just, just for a month, 
we are able to come in here for an hour and not be faced with yet another screen. Because they're everywhere. And I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just as guilty as this as anybody. You know what happens sometimes We're sitting in the living room or sitting in a restaurant or you're finished taking communion and you go back to your seat kind of waiting for the next thing? What do we do now as 2020 screenagers while we're waiting for the next thing? It's, it's, it's just become natural. We don't even think about it anymore. So what if for this month, not just in church, but the whole month, your whole month, when you go to reach for your screen or turn on a screen or wake up a screen, whatever it is, just Take a few breaths. We're not saying go completely cold turkey, but just take a few breaths, three breaths, and just pray. Be open to the presence of God. Because you know what? Here's the thing. If we are constantly telling God, you know, God, I, I, wish, I wish I could hear you. I wish you would just talk. Will you go ahead and say something, God? Will you talk? I need you to talk, God. Will you say... You see what I'm saying? Just be still. Just be quiet. Three breaths. That's it. And I went ahead and started practicing this because, you know, I'm into that whole practicing what you preach thing. And one of the things that I noticed is that I reach for screens an awful lot. Just take a few breaths. And we don't know where this is going to go. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what February is going to look like. We don't know what March is going to look like. But here is the truth that will carry us into February, March, and the rest of the year. And it's been the truth that the people of God have told since the people of God learned how to talk. They started saying things like, God was with us. And then they said, God is with us. And then they said, God will be with us. Let's dream. Let's hope. Let's imagine and dream big. But with all of those dreams, set them before God. Let's dream. Let's hope. Let's imagine and let's dream big. But along the way, let us also be still and let's listen. So just be quiet for a few breaths and just listen to God. Amen.